0: Just keep trying because, you know, you as long as you reach out to you can reach out to a hundred dietitians, and, you know, all you need is one to get back to you. Hey, everyone, and welcome
1: to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz waluka a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. It is the season finale episode of season three, We have our second panel, which I'm super excited about. We're featuring an undergrad student, dietetic intern, and an early RD in the field. And we talk all about the hardest parts of where each panelist is in their career path right now, the best advice on communication with supervisors or mentors, and how to overcome imposter syndrome. So if you are an undergrad student, a dietetic intern, or an early RD, this episode is definitely for you. This idea sparked when I spoke with the Ohio State Sports Nutrition Club, and I just, I haven't been a student in like six or seven years, and at this point, I feel like we've all lost track of time with with COVID, and I just forgot like what undergrad students could be feeling, and you know, what, you know, is this career path going to work out, um, you know, it just feels really long when you're an undergrad because, you know, you want to be a sports RD so bad. And, you know, I just kind of forgot what it was like. And so I just thought, hey, like, I know a lot of you guys listening are, you know, undergrad students, dietetic interns, or early RDs, you know, what if, you know, someone from each of those categories was represented as a panelist on the podcast. And hopefully, you know, you, you know, the stories or the experiences that the panelists have, you know, you can resonate with. And, you know, not feel alone because uh, it's it's hard, especially when you're younger. And this episode is also for mentors. You know, like I just said, I forgot what it was like to be a student. And hopefully this can just, you know, be a really good reminder for any mentor overseeing, you know, interns, undergrad students, you know, an early dietitian on, you know, what they're going through, or what they're thinking, or, you know, how you can help them and most importantly, how we can help each other. So I'm just super excited. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. So our first panelists, we have Nancy Siegel, who is a junior at The Ohio State University. We have Chelsea Schaefer, who is currently a dietetic intern at Duke University through Wellness Workdays. And lastly, we have Alex Winnicky, who is currently completing the Gatorade Sports Nutrition Immersion Program through Northwestern University, also known as SNP. Please read their bios in the show notes just so you kind of have a better understanding of, you know, who they are. And, you know, what experiences that they bring, but you'll also learn about them in the episode as well. So let's jump in and let's meet the panel. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you guys all on. Hi, Liz. Hey, you thank
2: you. Glad so, to be here.
1: Yes. I'm so happy to have you guys. And I'm so happy to have this conversation today. I think it's so important you know, from a student perspective, uh, dietetic intern, early RD, there's so many people that listen that are all three of those categories. So I'm just excited to kind of dive in. And I don't know, I forget what it's like to be a student or a dietetic intern. I'm also hoping for mentors out there that we can just like remind people like what students or early RDs or interns are kind of feeling and just how we can kind of help each other. So if you want to start off Um, actually I'm going to start off with how I know you guys, because I think that's important. So Nancy, we probably met through like Instagram, but I don't remember if you found the podcast first or I knew that you did the protein ball, the energy bite company.
0: I think I followed Fueling Huskies like when I first started my food Instagram, because like I was a fan of Yukon. So I was just like, yeah, sure. I'll follow them. And then it just kind of like four years later, probably it's like, you know, now we're here. So it's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, and then recently I just spoke with the Ohio State, um, is it the student sports nutrition? Yes, sports nutrition club. Uh, club. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's where we reconnected and that kind of sparked this idea for this panel, so thanks for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and then Chelsea, I feel like Chelsea, it's crazy, we haven't met in person yet, have we? Like, is that weird? No, never. <laughs> like, my life freaks me out, but... Chelsea and I know each other from the CPSDA student committee. It's been two years. Well, not two years, but like this is, this our is my time. second year. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like I know Chelsea so well, but it's crazy that we just haven't met in person yet. I know. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited to talk today. And then Alex, we, to be meet through probably the podcast or was it also, I know I interviewed you for SNP, but it's probably one of those combinations of things.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think while I was in my di program uh sports Arty snippets came out and I became like a big fan and then I saw that you were one of the uh hosts you were going to be one of the the hosts for for snip and I think we first spoke uh during that interview I don't or, or at least I mean maybe I reached out on Instagram beforehand but uh, yeah like you're saying probably a combination of those two
1: yeah it well, it's like crazy because like I know we haven't had like in-person conferences or things like that for like I don't know two years but like it's really cool that like connections still matter you know what I mean like obviously I hope I meet you guys in person soon but I don't know it just like I mean hopefully life is back to normal but for any students out there like you can connect with dietitians or other students and just because you're like friends on Instagram or like colleagues on Instagram I don't think it means it's like not real you know anyways okay let's jump in let's start with Nancy if you could take us through kind of your career path kind of up until this point I know you're an undergrad student but just kind of take us through where you are and maybe what your hopes are as a sports rd
0: so right now I'm currently at Ohio State Um, I'm a junior but I didn't start here. So my sports nutrition journey was not really a straight line. Um, I actually played basketball my freshman year of college at a small university. Um, It was also in Columbus, but I was studying exercise science. Um, It was just kind of funny because I knew I wanted to be a sports RD already, even going into school, but um, I was under the impression I was gonna get a lot more nutrition focused classes than I did. And I ended up kind of just studying like anatomy and sciences and it just really wasn't what I wanted. I just wanted that true like nutrition dietetics program. So then I transferred to Ohio State um, during COVID year, which was my sophomore year. And so nothing was in person. I was all online and I was kind of just like lost. I really didn't know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to connect with the dietitians, but I didn't really know how. Um, I found out we had a sports nutrition club. And I think last year it was like eight of us that kind of just got in a Zoom like this. And we sat down and we just kind of talked about anything like supplements, anything in the sports nutrition world. We talked about this podcast quite a bit too, cause it's when it kind of first started. And um, then all of a sudden we didn't get any volunteering in the fuel zones or anything like that. And then this year, um, being so involved in the online presence actually led me to take over the club as the undergraduate leader. And um, now I facilitate meetings, I make schedule for our volunteers in our fuel zones. Um, it's allowed me to, you know, connect with the dietitians and really see where I want to go in the future and what sports I really want to work with. So, um, you know, being in those fuel zones uh, every day has been a really good experience and it has led me to, you know, I really want to work with college athletes in the future. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at now a junior. I'm a junior now. So
1: wait, will you talk a little bit about your protein ball company? Cause that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I was going to do, I was going to talk about that later, but yeah, that's like a huge underlying, like that's what people know me as is that, um, I have my own small business, which is a protein bite business. And I kind of like made this as a joke when I was like a senior in high school, it was called nutrition and Nancy. And it was like my Instagram. Um, it kind of turned into a business and I used to make protein bites Uh, just has like a pre or post workout snack just for fun. And then when I knew I needed something unique uh, for my future, I was like, I could sell these. And uh, so that's what I did. Um, I sell them to uh, like local community members, local businesses reached out. Um, And I also do farmers markets in the summer. So um, I'll say a little bit more on it later. But yeah, I just that's basically allowed me to even have like this Weird, like nobody really thinks that you could sell what you make, but as a student, but you, t- you totally can, you know, so that's uh, allowed me to connect with other RDs too, so.
1: So cool, yeah. awesome. Um, Chelsea, you wanna go next? Sure, so
3: um, my sports RD experience started at Purdue University under Lauren Link. Um, I started out just as like a rookie volunteer, I think my sophomore year or something. Um, And then moved up to fueling station manager by the time I was leaving. So I loved my experience at Purdue. It definitely inspired me to want to work with athletes and um, choose the like sports, nutrition and entrepreneurship route with my dietetic internship. So yeah, after Purdue, um, I went into my dietetic internship. So I'm in that now. I'm at Duke University right now, working with the basketball teams and soccer teams and just really getting to know you know, collegiate sports nutrition, the ACC conference, and learning every single day, feeling it out. Um, Other experience I have is serving on the CPSDA student committee. Oh my gosh, wait, (laughs) committee (laughs) with Liz, who also, you know, amazing. And this is my second year on that committee. So yeah, pretty short-lived sports nutrition experience so far. (laughs) Awesome. And you're doing
1: the distance internship, right?
3: Yeah. So distance internship through wellness work days. Um, yeah. Very cool. And how long are you at Duke for? 20 weeks total. So I started in August and I'll be here till mid-December. So I'm honestly, I'm really thankful for this like long experience in sports nutrition. Cause I know a lot of programs you're there for like maybe a week or like a month maybe, but um, I'm really thankful for wellness work days because I'm able to be here for 20 weeks and get such in-depth experience, get to really know athletes and everything. So
2: Amazing. All right, Alex, you're up. All right. So um, my uh, my experience and my path to nutrition, I think, like a lot of people, uh, not a straight line. Um, Coming out of high school, I was a terrible student, so I picked up a trade and became a welder. Um, I worked my way from a third shift welder up into a robot programmer for John Deere Hitachi based in Kernersville, North Carolina. Um, I was a robot programmer for several years and worked for John Deere for about six or seven years. Uh, While at John Deere, I worked full-time and went to school part-time pursuing a business degree. Um, I finished out my business degree or just about finished out uh, while I was still at Deere, but during my time there, I also picked up a hobby of uh, cycling. So I got really good at cycling and it turns out I really hated my job. Uh, so I decided to roll the dice and try to become a professional cyclist. Um, I got some really good results and a local team offered me a $300 a month stipend, free rent, free bills, uh, free bikes, free race entry fees, everything essentially covered. And I had enough savings to where I just decided to go ahead and do it. Um, so that, that's where my nutrition journey started because as an endurance athlete, you have to eat all the time. And it turns out I was pretty good at bikes, but I was pretty terrible at nutrition. Um, So over my very short lived, um, my very short lived cycling career of two years, um, I went from like 150 pounds to about 130 pounds. Um, It was alarming enough to when I first realized how much weight I lost, I took my scale back uh, to the store because I thought it was wrong. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> while I was terrible at nutrition, being really lean is actually good, or at least I thought so at the time for cycling. Um, and I kind of got fixated on that and had a really disordered, uh, eating pattern and developed uh, red S really bad and had every side effect known to man that comes along with that. Um, so my second year of cycling, my team goes pro. So I'm on a pro team, which is really cool. I'm doing the thing, living the dream. Uh, I get a concussion My mom gets diagnosed with breast cancer, I get a really bad flu, Uh, turns out the concussion lingers for a long time and I quit cycling. Um, When I quit I had like a big identity crisis, Uh, decided I'd go back to school for nutrition because I knew I was bad at that, Um, but that led me into uh, a full blown eating disorder. So I was dealing with that while also ironically going to school for nutrition. Uh, Ultimately, I recovered from my eating disorder, Uh, met my girlfriend at my undergrad, Appalachian State, got matched uh, with my girlfriend, uh, Michaela, to uh, Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, where we did our MSDI program. And uh, halfway through my MSDI, I got matched with Northwestern University uh, for the Gatorade Sip program. And so that is me in a nutshell. Wow. That is amazing.
1: So, second career RD,
2: right? It feels like my third. It feels like my third or fourth. Um, going, going from manufacturing to uh, professional athlete to RD. Wow. It's, I feel like I, yeah, I, I feel like I've gone a mile wide and an inch deep in quite a few fields.
1: Amazing. Anything that you didn't expect that helped you from all those three things that you've done, or two things to become an RD.
2: Um, I think maybe like the, the discipline. I think endurance athletes are a breed of their own in terms of just like very out. I mean, any athlete really, right. It's very outgoing. You have like, you have to be dedicated. You have meetings to go to. You've got training, like you can't just quit and, you know, go back to bed whenever you feel like it. Right. You have to teams counting on you. You got like coaches counting on you. So I think by being an athlete, in general, but also an endurance athlete that maybe has a little bit of a crazier mental attitude. I think that was, that was something that really helped me get through the DI. Like I studied for so long to pass my CDR exam to become a dietitian, but no one could put me through the terribleness that is a five hour bike race in the rain and 40 degrees and going over mountains, you know, like I've physically been through worse. And I think knowing that helped me, push through the, the mental fatigue that is in yeah. the DI.
1: You're just giving everyone a heads up of how bad setting for the test really is.
2: It's, it's rough, Alex. but you can do it. You can do, it. you can do it.
1: Good luck, everyone, but you can do it. Um, we're going to start. Can you guys just all take us through kind of typical days of where you are, Nancy, if you kind of just want to take everyone through what a typical day looks like for you?
0: Yeah, so um, it's kind of hard to explain, but like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I will go into the facility, uh, our Schottenstein Center, which is basketball and ice hockey teams at 6 a.m. And then I will stock fuel zones, um, make sure the athletes have, you know, the nutrition they need to get that morning practice in. Um, And then I'll go home, I'll go to class because I have in-person classes this year, which is fun. Um, So I'll go to class and then I'll come home and I have to worry about my online classes. Um, I'm taking about uh, 18 credit hours a um, semester, so I have, There's always something to do, basically. Um, I always have something going on because if I'm not at work, I'm uh, probably at the gym or studying. So it's, I'm doing like 12 hours, about 12 hours a week in our facilities right now as a volunteer. So um, it's a lot with my school, but basically a typical day is my shift and then I'll go to class. So yeah.
1: Chelsea, what about you? So right now I'm
3: working full-time at Duke, like I said. I, I, there isn't really a typical day. I don't know. Like I'll go in stock the basketball locker rooms. It's like first priority every day. Um, make sure the hydration fridges are stocked. I will work at the fuel zone usually for like four ish hours. I do that like three days a week. Um, that's just part of the internship. And then I'll work on internship projects, throw um, throughout for wellness work days or I will do other tasks, you know, sports and sports nutrition, things pop up all the time. So work on like social media posts or work on handouts. Um, I counsel athletes sometimes. So that's been amazing. And sitting in on consults has been really eye-opening, but yeah, really just like helping out where I can, like, you know, taking the responsibilities that I have seriously and making sure I'm doing them well. But yeah, I would say every day, it's just going in with my coffee and doing the darn thing. So <laughs> don't, forget your, don't forget your coffee. It'd be really I could never
1: forget the coffee. <laughs> All right, Alex, what about you?
2: Um, so yeah, the, a typical day uh, can vary depending on what sports are in season and really what's going on. Uh, but typically, I start my day waking up around 530, catching the train from Chicago over to Evanston. Um, I take care of the fuel bar generally, like the first couple hours, just making sure I've got my head wrapped around all things inventory management, uh, making sure our dietetic interns and our work study students got everything they need. Um, helping out here and there if, if they need extra helping hand with stocking. Uh, we have quite a, a number of like different fueling stations and a lot of products. So um, sometimes I have to roll up the sleeves and, and help them as well uh, with the fuel bar. Uh, So that's usually how I start off my morning. And then I switch over to uh, meetings and emails, um, coordinating with coaches, um, director of operations for soccer, uh, men's and women's, usually tying in with them to see what's coming up this week and how I can help. Um, Looking at different menus for, um, you know, if, if my men's and women's soccer teams are traveling looking at uh, performance menus or making a performance menu for wherever they're stopping on the way to their game to eat. Um, after that, probably attending a practice. Um, my, my main responsibility at Northwestern is taking care of soccer and then also assisting with football. So usually I'm attending uh, a soccer practice and then probably pivoting over to um, a little bit more inventory management, making sure that the fuel bar is good, We've got everything done for the day that we need. Um, and then tying in a little bit with a research project that we're currently working on at Northwestern. Uh, so that's probably like the my, my typical day. And then outside of that, prepping for football home and away games.
1: It sounds like everyone's really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Nancy kind of what you said at the beginning kind of before we go into next question like I forget like you started off undergrad at or switched to Ohio State and you were in COVID like on Zoom I mean is that kind of crazy now that you got to kind of live out what I don't know you know what I mean like you didn't get to see it at first and now you're kind of there
0: yeah um last year like it I'm gonna be honest like we called ourselves we like a bunch of nerds it was like eight of us that kind of just sat and talked and just about random stuff. And then I kind of like, that's what made me realize like, wow, like I'm in the, I'm really in the right place. Like these are the people I need to be with next year. You know, I need to get my foot in this door. And then um, now seeing it in person and kind of being, I kind of had some imposter syndrome like you know I, I got to i had the opportunity to work football camp so i went to uh school a few weeks early and i kind of got there and i was like i'm not supposed to be here like this is weird like how am i here but um you know just coming into that covid year it just kind of i think it made a lot of us feel like this there's no opportunity but um it's normal now and i mean i'm getting used to it i'm I, it's still weird when i'd like drive to the facility or I'm walking to work and like this is weird but you know it's fun it's it's fun to be there and it's fun to finally see the athletes and you know connect with the dietitian so yeah it's it's been a really cool change.
1: Yeah I know I feel like we'll talk about imposter syndrome probably later I mean we probably talk about that for a while because we all probably have felt it but what do you guys feel like is kind of the hardest part of like where you are in your career path right now? Um, I guess Nancy you can just kind of start us off.
0: Yeah, um, so like, I feel like the hardest part is, might sound weird, but it's like getting to the next part. Um, like we talked about like the road to becoming the RD um, and everything and how it can feel so long for an undergrad in my position and even like an intern and stuff. Um, but it's kind of like really tough to overcome that feeling of, oh, like I slept four more years until I finished my graduate school, um, you know, stuff like that. So I think if you would just kind of sit down and appreciate where you are now and, you know, spend the time where you're at right now getting those experiences to see what you want to do in your future like who you want to work with i think that's um the hardest part is just getting over the hump to do that you know being that you have so much time left but you know just just feeling out your stuff and what do you want to do for the future is you know what i'm focusing on so
1: Yeah. I think that's really important. I think it's hard because I think in any position you're in, you're always like, Ooh, like what's next or like, what's, you know, what's coming up, which like, isn't like a bad thing sometimes because it can help you like look forward to something. But I think you're right. Like you don't want to miss out on your life by always waiting for the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and just appreciating where you are is super important. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Chelsea?
3: Um, I think right now in like my dietetic internship, it's my first time working full-time in a sports, you know, facilities, sports nutrition environment. So I think right now, the hardest part is just trying to learn how to like, be a good sports nutrition employee. (laughs) Um, Like the stocking and stuff like receiving orders and stuff like that. Like I know how to do that. So that's not really the hardest part at all. It definitely is just like learning how to communicate with, you know, my the sports dietitians above me learning how like, of course, learning how to counsel athletes. That's a struggle too. But that's also something where I know I'm not going to start out and be perfect. So um I'm just kind of like you know learning as I go um so yeah I think just learning how to be a good employee in this environment is um the hardest part about
1: the whole dietetic internship (laughs) yeah there's no class on communication and I feel like actually what is really important and Alex I don't know if you can say the same Is like I feel like during the dietetic internship is kind of where you learn all those like I don't want to say like hard lessons but like that's the first time where like you are kind of like not like a full-time employee but you're like you're working in the field. You're not like in a textbook. And I remember looking back, not like I learned some like hard lessons, but they're just like uncomfortable moments because no one teaches you like how to over-communicate, which is just communicating, but you didn't know you were supposed to over-communicate to actually communicate. Like things like that, or that, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes your employee might not know how to explain directions properly and then you're stuck, but then you have to learn how to you know, clarify with them. And that sounds like easier said than done, but I I don't think there's like a class on that. But I think the point of your dietetic internship is to like naturally kind of get those experiences. So I think it'd be super frustrating at times, but almost like embracing it. Like there's times I look back and I'm like, I get that now because where I am in my career, like I understand why that happened or something. Now that I'm the one in charge or something. So um,
3: that was so helpful to hear, Liz. Like, just thank you for sharing that because that's, then you said it perfectly, like learning the things that feel a little uncomfortable to learn right now, because you didn't know. And then, yeah, like you said that perfectly, for sure. Communication, time management, the stuff that you, I feel like maybe I just had to figure out the
1: hard way, you know? (laughs) Yes, I'll give a quick example and then I'll, be quiet but um one time during my dietetic internship I was like working under someone who had a private practice and I was like writing articles for her like for her website and so it was like my writing and so I'd work really hard on this article about something nutrition related and you know you put all, all you guys know whenever you make a canva or something you put your own twist on it because it's you and we'd sit together on the computer and she'd like type and like make changes. And it would like really irk me. Cause it was my own creation, but she was like using her words within my like 23 year old brain. And I was like, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't match whatever. And I remember like, I was really frustrated about it, but now like looking back, a I don't know why I even cared. I mean, I know why I cared, but like who really cares? Right. Like, but I understand now because whenever an intern is like doing a canva or doing something that represents where I work or whatever, that doesn't, it's not on you, whether you love your idea, it's whoever you're working under. If that doesn't, if they don't feel like that represents them well, then that's why they make those decisions. So that helps me now understand, like, maybe if like someone is like, Hey, can you change the canva for like, your sports nutrition account so it looks this way I would not take those critiques too personally because it just might be like their way of how they want things it's not really like that you did a bad job but that is really hard because you're just like I worked so hard on this handle and now they want me
3: to change like trust me I've like definitely (laughs) felt that a few times too so what you felt back then was valid Uh all right (laughs) sorry okay Alex on to you
2: (laughs) so I think um one of the hardest things for me, I think, and you guys kind of touched on it. Um, I think some of the soft skills, again, like you're you go through your DI in in graduate programs or undergrad, and you're learning all the hard skills and like the numbers and, and the nuances of of nutrition. And then I think once you're in a position where you are a supervisor over somebody, or you're having to manage other people, or you're trying to fit into that uh, into that that web, that matrix of the workplace. Um, I think that's, that's tricky. I, I find that particularly uh, tricky for myself, just because like, I've never managed dietetic interns before, even though I've been one. So I find uh, some of like the soft skills and communications. And like you were saying, Liz, like the over communication is probably best. Um, and like, you just don't learn that without those uncomfortable moments of just like, Ugh, I think I messed that up. Or like, I got, I think I came off as rude to that person. And, and like, those type of soft skills, I feel like they only really get sussed out and polished over those awkward, uncomfortable moments. So I think that's like the toughest part for me is just trying to like deal with those uncomfortable moments and figure out how's the best way for me to help other people or, or delegate tasks. Um, and, and to a, a second point of that might be um, learning how to delegate tasks so that I can be more valuable elsewhere. Like right, like I have Gene Inman running in through my head just saying like responsibilities and tasks are delegated to the lowest competent level. But then like when I get there, I get them at work, it's so hard to like just like well quit stocking for a minute because you're supposed to be over here educating. And I don't I think, you know, coming up and doing volunteer like volunteer work, you're you're doing things that are tangible. Like I'm stocking this and I opened that and I it did this. And then I it seems like as a dietitian, a lot of the a lot of the more beneficial things I do are not tangible. They are built into those little moments that I have with an athlete in the hallway or, um, with a coach or, or with, with whoever I, I, so it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around that as well. Sometimes.
1: Best advice or lessons that you guys have learned about communication with mentors. I know we kind of touched on this, Chelsea, I don't know if you want to go first on just anything extra you have to add.
3: Um, I would say, honesty with communication is like the best approach um especially if like in my situation right now i'm working really closely with my preceptor and my di um so i think like in that relationship just complete honesty and like how things are going what i'm feeling what um like there was this one time where we were about halfway through the internship i didn't really and it was hard it's, it was kind of hard to tell like how i was doing um, cause he made it seem like everything was okay. So I was trying not to read into it too much, but then on the other side, I was like, well, why not just ask? <laughs> so I just asked him if we could have a meeting about, um, you know, feedback, how things are going mid-semester at checkpoint. And that turned out to be so valuable. And so I expected him to just like, give me a list of, you know, things I could be doing better, but it actually ended up being this really great conversation about like how I'm feeling about sports nutrition, how I'm feeling about my time at Duke And I honestly could not recommend that enough, like just having setting, like you said, Liz, like setting time aside to have that conversation about like how things are going and just touch pace, touch base, um, about your performance. And then also just like having a conversation with, with a really incredible sports dietitian was like valuable. Every, that whole conversation just taught me so much about like communication.
1: How did you kind of have the confidence to like ask to sit down? Cause I just remember like, I don't know why I feel like I'd be so afraid but then you just sit there like not knowing. So how did you kind of, did it feel like you had to gain confidence to ask or was it just really natural for you to be like, hey, I think we should sit down so we can see where I'm at, you know?
3: Um, yeah, a past version of me would have just freaked out the entire semester <laughs> thinking I was doing a horrible job and just like stressing myself out about trying to be perfect. But I kind of just thought like, you know, if he gives me feedback and I ask for this feedback, it's gonna be mutually beneficial. Like I'll end up doing a better job for him and then I will be a more at peace um I take my piece really seriously so I decided it would just be better to get that conversation done and out of the way um and then we would both be happier individuals and it would strengthen our
1: working relationship so it was great I'm gonna say should we make not like dare people but anyone listening that's a dietetic intern right now that's feeling uneasy and how they're doing you must talk to your mentor within this week and ask them how you're doing
3: I promise it'll be worth it like I would I would definitely be really worth it
1: That is
0: really good advice. What about you, Nancy? Um, So I really haven't had like much experience with face-to-face contact. So basically what I've learned is, um, well, like face-to-face contact with dietitians from other schools and other areas, basically. But what I've learned is like be yourself, like show your personality because That person is, you want to work for them and you want to be under them and they've got to see themselves working with you. So, you know, show a little bit of your uniqueness and, you know, laugh a little because, you know, just have fun, you know, when you're talking to somebody that may be super hard and it is super hard, but, you know, just try to let yourself loose a little bit. Don't be so tense because, um you know, that could work out for your future. And then, you know, when they're in another conversation with one of their colleagues, they're like, oh, hey, like I talked to this girl, like we had this and we laughed about this and, you know, we made this connection. So, you know, I think just be your true authentic self really is what I would say.
1: That's really good.
0: What about you, Alex?
2: My best, the best received advice for communication. Um, I think I had this earlier this week or last week, um, my mentor uh, Katie Nappenberger told me for every negative or like yeah for every negative interaction you have with someone you need five good interactions to balance that. And negative not like yelling or screaming or like you know like what you might first think of as negative, but like negative as in uh, a criticism or or something along those lines or, or anything that could be construed as that. Um, I was uh, I was trying to give some of our uh, our workers at our athletic dining facility a heads up that we were out of forks and uh, we we keep we just keep running out of forks and I know they're short staffed uh, so like if if we're out of something I'll usually go over there and be like hey just a heads up you know I know you guys are super busy just want to let you guys know kinda out of forks right now all right appreciate you thank you and like what I think is being very polite, All they know is that I don't know who this guy is, but every time I see him, he tells me there's something wrong and I am overworked and understaffed and I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. Um, (laughs) So uh, I I brought that uh, that scenario to Katie and she was explaining to me, she's like, well, first of all, I don't think either one of you know each other's names. And mm-hmm. so if you build that rapport with somebody and you have those five good interactions and you know each other's names and you're on that basis, when you come to somebody with like a, hey, just a heads up, like some forks are out, uh, that conversation goes a lot better than like, I don't know who you are, but I don't like you. So hard lesson learned there.
1: But it's, it's a good point. And I don't know where I learned this, but like something about like support staff, it's like make them feel like welcomed or like someone was like, if they... If like a team like wins like a not a championship or like something like give them a shirt or like give them like I just never thought about that in a way and I was like, wow, like that makes a lot of sense, but just making people feel like seen and heard because like you weren't even trying to be like, where are the forks like how could you do that? but I can see how like huh oh, communication's just tough because you weren't trying to be like screw you like you didn't
2: give us forks. <laughs> Yeah. I I think it just comes down to, again, like a lot of the things that dietitians do are not necessarily tangible. A lot of things are, but in, you know, that is an example of, uh, treating everyone as part of that team, right? Like if we don't have workers in our athletic dining facility, my athletes don't get fed. So it's, it's, I don't care if it's the janitor or if it's just a food service worker or if it's the chef or if it's a fellow dietitian, but like, making sure you're building rapport with each one of those people at every single level so that everyone's on that same like playing field and everyone gets the same level of courtesy I think is really important just so those connections are made because uh, because without everyone in this pyramid right it all comes kind of tumbling down. And then you don't get any forks. <laughs> no Forks. <laughs> forks.
1: If you're like me, you have definitely had athletes who've experienced the annoying gas, bloating, and discomfort that can come after taking some brands of protein powders. As we know, bloating can be a sign that your body isn't processing the powder correctly and you're likely peeing out most of it because your gut can't absorb it. But with our friends at Momentus, that isn't the case. And this is because they've included a special patent enzyme blend in their whey protein that eliminates gas, bloating, and makes your protein more bioavailable. The enzyme blend in Momentous is called Prohydrolase, and it's been tested in research against other enzymes. It has been proven to actually deliver more amino acids in your bloodstream, which means you fully absorb the protein. Don't you want to make sure your athletes are actually getting the protein they're paying for? Momentous definitely does, and your athletes will notice a difference. They won't feel uncomfortable after they take it, and they'll definitely take their recovery to the next level. Go to their website at livemomentus.com and use the code RDSnippets snippets for 20% off your order of $40 or more. That's R D S N I P P E T S. Thank you so much to momentous for sponsoring this episode. All right. What is the best advice you guys have received in your path up until this point? Alex, why don't you go first? Cause I keep ending with you.
2: <laughs> um, uh, the best advice I've received thus far, um, best like word for word advice would probably be you should join CPSDA um, which might sound cheesy uh, just because they as as they're my current employer but honestly I I I wanted to be a sports dietitian but didn't know where to start and all of the professors and staff at Appalachian State said hey you know what you should do is you should go and uh, you should go talk to uh, the sports dietitian that works with football and then you should go join CPSDA. And if I hadn't got that advice, I, yeah, I don't know where I I would have been. So, um, straightforward advice to any aspiring RDs, um, or aspiring sports RDs, join CPSCA. It's a great community and we're pretty close, (laughs) even though we're all spread out throughout the country, everyone's pretty close and a lot of people know each other. So it's a tight knit community and we want you as part of it.
1: Yes, that is very good advice. I know I forget sometimes like some, I don't know, I like for, I just assume most people who listen are members of CPSTA or student members, but it's only $50 and there's so many resources. This is not an ad, but um, <laughs> Alex, you're part of this. But yes, you should join CPSTA. And we do have student forums similar to kind of this um, where you can kind of you know, feel a part of it because it is hard obviously with not seeing people in person for two years. But if you want some sense of community resources Following the listserv is so helpful too. Um, so yeah, everyone go join.
2: <laughs> yeah. Outside, outside of that plug, maybe ask questions. Um, I just had that talk with the athlete today who wanted to be in sports administration. I said he like, if you want, like we can go talk to some of our sports administration here. Like, go ask questions. How did you get to where you are? Like, how did you go down that road? Like, what should I do? Just ask, ask people questions, reverse engineer other people's careers and see why did they choose the path they did? I think in asking those questions, a lot of opportunities open up. And if nothing else, people know your interests and you'll often find that people love connecting your interests with, you know, opportunities.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good point too, of like, even asking that to your coworker, especially if you're like in SNP or you're just a dietetic intern, like Chelsea, like where you are even Nancy too, of like, just people, like athletic trainers you come across, like maybe you're at like, the training table with them and just asking them, asking them like how they got into athletic training or, you know, how they became a strength coach. And I think it's kind of like that back to that fork situation on like, they know you care or something. So when you need something, or maybe they want to bring you into the conversation because they know, you know, your personality or that you showed interest. So I guess just don't only focus on like your RD tasks. It's like find those little in between times where you can get to know your colleagues or people that kind of are working around you that share the same goal. So that's great. What about you, Nancy?
0: I think like this is kind of obvious, but like I would think this applies mainly to like a student in my position. Like just keep trying because you know you as long as you reach out to you can reach out to a hundred dietitians and you know all you need is one to get back to you, you know, to hear that piece of advice that you need, you know, to set your future or you need to get the next experience. So, um, like, I could reach out to so many people on LinkedIn, or, you know, whatever you want to say, you know, it just doesn't matter if if you have 95 no's, and you get five yeses, that, that, that's all you need, you know, you just need one person to tell you, um, give you that great advice. So that's what I would say, just keep trying, even if you are constantly getting no's because it probably will happen but you'll find that one person one day that wants to like you Liz like they, they want to help students so I mean just keep trying
1: I love that Chelsea what about you
3: um my advice actually came from your podcast Liz from Lauren Link's episode of course because I've been fangirling over Lauren since day one um <laughs> but she said um pick, basically pick your battles like is this the hell you want to die on and I think That is just the best advice, I think, because most times things are just not that serious. And sometimes when I'm getting really stressed about something, I'll check in and be like, is this worth all this like stressful energy? Um, And usually it's not. So (laughs) I think that's been really helpful. And I might be using it in a different context than like she meant, because I think her context was like, um, like when dealing with coaches or stuff like that, like, you know, pick your battles, maybe they don't need broccoli at every meal, but Um, In my context, it's just like, you know, not everything is worth stressing over. In my dietetic dietetic internship, there's a lot that's not in my control and a lot that I just have to like be okay with because there's nothing I can do and it's not worth fighting. Like, it's okay. (laughs)
1: Although that's made me so happy because, um, what was my point about the hill to die on? But, oh, things you can't control. Like, Mm -hmm. the one thing you can control is like, your happiness or I don't know if you can but you you know there are things in your career your job that you can't control and I mean I'm sure every sports dietitian can relate to that and if you focus too much on things you can't control like you're gonna you're just gonna lose out on like your career and your life and your happiness and I think that is so true because I think that's at every level of like just like enjoying what you do and controlling what you can, because if you're focusing on everything you can't do or what you're not allowed to do or whatever, then like, that's a pretty sad life to live.
3: Yeah. Something I learned in like yoga teacher training as well, is just like, um, you can't control like what's happening to you, but you can control how you respond. And that's like really what matters is how you respond to things. So
1: I must say, <laughs> I like feel so calm okay I don't know if you were prepared for this question but can we just talk about imposter syndrome or just anyone have any just thoughts or advice because I know a lot of students or early dietitians I feel like everyone I know early dietitians I mean imposter syndrome is like real because you are a dietitian and like you're like I'm, I've am i arrived but like no one teaches you really how to counsel and you're just kind of like I mean we don't even talk about the dietetic internship on how it could be a little better but I don't know, Alex. Do you have any advice on imposter syndrome? And just, you know, now that you're kind of you're in RD, how long have you been in RD for like four months, three months?
2: Four, yeah, four months or so. How does four months um, feel? What's up?
1: Does four months feel longer though? I remember thinking it felt longer than four when I was in RD for four months.
2: It feels like a lot longer than four months. Um, I told Katie the other day I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Um, so I have (laughs) been putting it. I've been putting in a lot of hours. So it feels, it feels like a lot longer than four months. It's probably been like six months worth of hours into four months. It sounds like you're
1: about to retire from that. I was like, <laughs> what's
2: well, your best imposter syndrome advice? Uh, best imposter syndrome advice. Um, I would say having, have the confidence that you've put in the work to where you are exactly where you're supposed to be um i i i think similar to like my my experience in sport in cycling like i know i pushed myself harder than whatever a di could do and like i it's like i have that confidence in myself because i know i put in the work and so going into the the cdr exam like i know i could not have studied more i know no one else was going to push me harder than i was for that exam and then as a dietitian i I'm using every moment I can to try to better myself and progress in this field without completely burning myself out. Um, although it may not sound like it by what I just previously said. Um, so I think having the confidence in yourself that know, like to know that you're putting in the work and, and that, you, that you're not an imposter. I, I think that it's, it's a, maybe it could be perceived as like arrogance, but I, I kind of look at it as self-confidence. Like, you know, you, you know, you've done this, you know, you've followed the right steps, so.
1: That's really good. What about you, Chelsea? Um, I think my best
3: advice, I'm a huge proponent of self affirmations. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my best advice, like, I guess when I think about imposter syndrome and when I really felt it, I think it's in moments where I was trying really hard to be perfect. Um, but when you like, when I realized that no one is perfect, it made imposter syndrome a lot easier because (laughs) um, no matter how perfect I think like these people I look up to are like, I think, oh, I could never be that perfect or I can never do that job. But like, that's not true. You know, no one is perfect. Everyone started where you are. Everyone started in undergrad, went through a DI, like tried their best to get experience. And I think my best advice is just like reminding yourself that everyone started where you are and that Like, you know, tell yourself that you're doing enough, you're doing great, and it's going to be fine. (laughs) I
1: love that. What about you, Nancy?
0: Yeah, I was going to say something similar as a student perspective. You know, um, you may think that, I know I felt this a lot of the times when I'm in the fuel zone, like, and I see the athletes in there and I'm making them a smoothie. It's like, um, oh, like, I'm really not qualified for this, or like, I'm not even an intern. Like, I'm just a student. Like, I'm just studying nutrition. Like, this isn't where. I should be right now. But I mean, you got to remember that when, you know, like you said, Chelsea, like you're looking up to those um, RDs, like I look up to those dietetic interns we have and our graduate um, students and it's like, how am I ever going to get to where they're at, but I got to remember that just like a year ago, they were doing the same thing I'm doing. So you know, you just got to remember that they're really they appreciate you just as much as you appreciate them. So I think that's what I've taken away from it.
3: Nancy, as a DI, as a dietetic intern, you're going to be fine. You have your own business that you started in like high school. Like you're going to be just fine. (laughs) Thank you.
0: That (laughs)
1: That is, that is really good advice. Actually, one of the pieces of advice that I kind of got, which might tie into this a little bit, or just like dietetic intern or like just any experience, is I don't know who said this to me and it bothers me, but someone told me every experience is good experience. And I just really love that because it really takes the pressure off, like, if you're, like, really embarrassed something happened or, like, something cringeworthy happened, like, that only happens because you put yourself in an opportunity, like, in a good way for it to happen. And the more you push yourself, you're in situations where you have the opportunity to, like, not fail, but, like, you're failing forward because that's experience, you know? So I don't know. I wish I heard that advice, like, when I was a little younger, maybe, because I think that would have helped me. But every experience, whether you love what you're doing one day or you're like why are we spending time on this it's really good experience to know that next year you don't want to spend time on that just maybe in the situation you're in that's where your supervisor wants you to spend time so um, I think being more curious about like how you feel during your like dietetic internship and like that's the point of it too is like figuring out like where you want to be as an RD where you want to spend your time um, same as like an undergrad too of just like Do you enjoy working in the fuel zone? Do you enjoy the interactions or do you enjoy more like team talks or like sitting in on counseling or whatever? So I don't know. That just helped me a lot, even though I heard it later in life. But um I like that. Anyone have any good quotes to share with the group? You don't have to if you don't, but I thought
3: I'd ask. I actually (laughs) have one. Oh Nancy, go off. Go ahead.
0: Oh, well, like this was, I just saw this yesterday and I, I shared it to my story on my Instagram, but I think you did too, Liz, on the sports already snippets, but like all excess dietetics came out with like, just remember, like you once dreamed of where you are right now. And like, even though you may feel like you're doing absolutely nothing, like you've dreamed of being where you're at right now. So just remember that.
3: Well, Nancy, I love that. And what you were saying earlier about like you looking up to dietetic interns and like snip interns, I did the same thing in undergrad and it's crazy to think that like, that's me now. Like people are asking me how I became a dietetic intern. And I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm here. Um, (laughs) but my quote is, um, it's a Baron Baptiste quote. He's like a a yoga guru guy. Um, and it's take, take what you do seriously and take yourself lightly. And I think that's just a really way to really good way to move through life. You know, wait, say that again, take what you do seriously and take yourself lightly. I like that. I
2: love that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Alex, no, no pressure. But you have a good
2: thing? I've up. got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs>
1: hey, can't say that. now. what has made you all kind of stand out as students or early RDs that you think kind of helped you get to kind of where you are right now? Like, is there anything, Alex, you want to go first that you think could help other students? Maybe I don't know, inspire them from.
2: Yeah, from- I think um, I think having a diverse array of experiences uh, can be beneficial. I think it's good to know like you wanna have something solid that you are continuously pursuing. Uh, like for me, that would be cooking. Uh, I've worked in a lot of restaurants, so I have like a very strong, there's a lot of continuity and a very strong skill set there for me in, in terms of cooking, but then there's diversity outside of that. And, and so my advice to uh, up and coming RDs or, or any undergraduates out there would probably be to have something that you're continuously doing that you see progression and continuity in but don't be afraid to branch out and get a diverse array of experiences. So and I think that ties in to what you were saying, Liz, We're making sure that you know you know what you like and you know what you don't like. Um so that'd be I think my my advice. I love that.
0: Nancy? Um well, we talked about my business already, but um, just to touch on that, like, I don't think I have, I under, like, I always underestimated the connections you can make just by introducing yourself to somebody, like, so people who come up to the farmer's market table who are like, let's say like 75 years old, you know, have nothing, no idea of what a protein bite is, no idea what. Like, I use NSF certified protein powder because, like, you know, obviously, like, that's a cool claim, you know. Thank
1: you for clarifying. (laughs)
0: You're (laughs) welcome. That's that's like one of my main things, NSF certified. But, um, so, like, just the joy of like getting to explain that to people, you know, like what I do and what I'm really passionate about has like helped me, you know, make connections with what. Uh, connections with other people because you know then like the next day um the next farmer's market there was a clinical dietitian there and she was like super interested and in, like you know just to make that connection with even other experiences because from there then um I actually was a dietary aide at my local hospital this summer oh. and um that just like that experience really um put a like final seal that. Yep. I want to be a sports dietitian. Um, don't really want to work in a hospital unless I have to. So, you know, like, like Alex said too, is getting those well-rounded experiences, like, um, that can just shape your future. And, um, I'm not saying go start your own business or anything, but you know, don't underestimate yourself. You could, you could do anything if you're passionate about it. So, yeah. Nancy, how'd you get the confidence to start a
1: business? Like, did you know what you were kind of doing or were you kind of like, like, do you know what I mean? Was it, did it just kind of
0: happen or was it intentional? Sounds stupid. (laughs) no like so I had worked at a local smoothie shop um because I was so interested in like healthy food I like worked there and my boss was like hey like you make protein bites right and I was like I mean yeah I get I I do for myself and she was like well you should sell them here and so I did that one time and it was like the biggest deal like I brought like just one dozen protein bites to my like smoothie place that I worked at and then um over the time, I just kind of got like friends that tried them and like people who are like came in from the gym and stuff. And they like to see like that they liked them. It was kind of a really big confidence booster. So then I started just to like progress with it. And I mean, like this past summer, I was making like 50 dozen a week, like by myself, just rolling protein bites. Like it's insane, but like just to the like progression you can make just if you have just a little bit of confidence, I think. So basically it started with just confidence and kind of being like okay i'm gonna do it and that's kind of how it happened what about you chelsea
3: um i think what made me stick out as like a student in sports nutrition at Purdue, but like where i have my experience would be that i literally just did everything i could um i signed up for a bunch of shifts a week um and anytime like Lauren or any of the other dietitians needed anything and they put in the group chat, I would be, I would like check my schedule immediately and be like the first to respond. <laughs> um, so I think that just doing the most <laughs> kind of um, helped. Cause I know like from there, Lauren has given me so many recommendations like for my dietetic internship. Liz, I know she reached out to you when I applied for the CPSDA. Like I'm sure she reached out to Beth Miller when I applied at Duke. So I think just showing that um, I can do, like, that kind of work, and I can be reliable, meant a lot to them. Um, I actually, fun fact, I don't know if I still hold the record, but I made the record for, like, at, at Purdue and Sports Nutrition, we got, like, points for, to, like, reflect how much we participated, and I, like, blew the previous record, record out of the water. I don't know if that still stands true, but I always say I, like, just couldn't calm down. I was like, I want to be here all day, every day, so... Yeah, I think just, yeah, just, like, getting involved, like, helping out when they need it, and, because it's, like, mutually beneficial, obviously, they get the help that they need, and you also get this, like, you get to build rapport, and you also get the experience, so.
1: I love that, and I think what's cool, too, on your end is, like, you knew, like, you wanted to help out so bad that it, like, helped you solidify that, like, this is what you wanted to do, you know, like, and didn't feel like a burden to, like, help with any task, because, like by doing all those things, it helped them be like, Hey, we should include Chelsea in this because she she'll do the little things really well. So now we'll get through yeah. the big things, which I think is really important.
3: That was another thing, signing up for literally everything. And then also doing it really well was important. <laughs>
1: yes. Don't sign up for everything and don't do it well, or else you'll get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys ready for the rapid fire? Sure. Okay. Biggest student intern mistake, but kind of funny looking back. Does anyone have something like s- funny, stupid that they've done? It's like, some- not everyone does, but like, Nancy, do you want to go?
0: I have something hilarious actually. I think it was like a few weeks ago. um I was making like 10, 15 like chocolate peanut butter gainer shakes for the football team. And I poured them all, got them all with lids, put the straws in them realized there was absolutely no peanut butter whatsoever in the chocolate peanut butter gainer shakes (laughs) and I like I told my friend I was volunteering with me I was like there's no peanut butter in those shakes and I'm like I don't even think they even realized but it was just so funny because in that moment I was like oh my gosh like what are we gonna do like we're gonna have to remake them but it's like those little things like you just gotta have fun with it because yeah it was embarrassing but I mean like it was just a (laughs) batch of shakes like come on
1: (laughs) It's now a weight loss
2: shake. No, I'm just kidding, literally. Um, I don't necessarily know this, I don't really have any mistakes per se, but I had a terribly embarrassing moment during one of my M&T classes where I took a very big gulp of hot coffee and then choked. And it was big enough to where like, there was nowhere for it to go. So I ended up just spewing coffee all over myself, uh, all over my table in the front row of my m class with like 50 people in it. and, <laughs> time. and so I there's really no recovery from that I just had to kind of laugh at myself but I was wet for the rest of the day and that was fun
1: yeah I guess was not too embarrassing but during snip I you got like smoothie king and like you know how you bring the smoothies like in coolers and like mm-hmm. you're dragging them I, I must have hit something and they all fell out and I was like sick oh. like <laughs> like, it's just like that was not much. helpful. Like right like what are you gonna do
3: like nothing like it's just horrible <laughs> I spilled a smoothie like last week it was the first smoothie I spilled which is honestly a miracle at this point um and it was on like carpet in the basketball building and I was oh. it was not funny to me I was so upset with myself <laughs> like to the extent you can be for just like stealing, spilling a smoothie but I was also just so sad I was like wow I spilled that on the basketball carpet at Duke like Jeez,
1: Chelsea. <laughs> I'm done. All right, red velvet or funfetti cake? Funfetti.
0: funfetti. Yeah, funfetti all the way. Funfetti. Neither. What? Not a Neither. cake guy? You don't like funfetti? Chocolate.
2: Chocolate or die.
1: But no. you, funfetti wouldn't excite you? I don't think so. Really, even with like all the sprinkles in it?
2: <laughs> maybe if Maybe if it was a milk bar funfetti cake.
1: Okay, fair enough. If you're
2: familiar with milk bar.
1: Okay. What are you looking forward to the most in your career path currently?
3: Becoming a dietitian. Good lord. Oh. I just want
0: to take that oh. exam. <laughs> Nancy? Getting into grad school somewhere.
2: Alex? Um, I'm excited for whatever's next. Really? I I'm excited to have my first like full-time Uh, my first full-time role and salaried position.
1: It's so crazy. Like I always forget. Like it's I. I I don't mean to scare anyone. I think it's cool that you like don't know what's like kind of next. I know that sounds terrifying, but it's really cool because it does all work out. But like, it's really cool to kind of watch it unfold. So, I'm excited for you.
2: I didn't mean to scare you. I just meant thank you. No, no. I I I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like I, I I am working as hard as I can work. Uh, whatever happens next is going to happen next, but I always, always going back to having the, the confidence in yourself and your abilities. So I, whatever happens next will be just fine.
1: Amen. All right. What is your favorite fueling station snack?
0: Uncrustables. Oh, Ugh. frozen that are like really, really cold, really cold Uncrustables.
1: Not a smoothie without peanut butter.
0: <laughs> okay. Mm. Butter. <laughs>
2: What about you? Fruit Ty? snacks.
1: Oh, fruit snacks. Welch. Okay. Fruit welches. snacks. Okay. Welches or Motts. Motts.
2: We carry we carry the Welches, but I'm a bigger fan of the Motts because they have more chew to them.
1: See, I'm the latter because the Motts get stuck in your teeth.
2: I Can love it. Think.
1: Also, don't the Motts have like seven grams of fiber?
2: That's why we don't we don't supply them to the athletes oh, for that weird. reason. Okay. Yeah. I I, I, I prefer. Yeah, I prefer them, but we don't supply them for that reason. That's why we carry the Welch's.
1: I like Welch's. <laughs> um, I think
3: my favorite snack is yogurt right now. I'm really into yogurt. Like the black cherry, Chobani um, yogurt, because it's the least popular flavor at the fuel zone. So we always have that leftover. So I always go for that one. Um, yeah, that's my thing right now.
1: Right. All right. Last question. Are you guys ready? We're ready. If you could tell your younger already self one thing, what would you say?
3: I would say, um, calm down, <laughs> you're doing great. Um, although I, it did help me in my career to like volunteer for everything. I don't know that that was necessary, that that was necessary and I think I could have taken a lot better, my, get a better care of myself in undergrad if I would have just calmed down and found some self-acceptance. So I would say that.
0: Yeah, I really like that too. And I kind of goes off of like confidence. Just have some confidence in yourself that, you know, even not necessarily just with like getting all this experience that we're talking about, but with your classes too, like, you know, GPA is not everything, but, you know, have some confidence to do well because, you know, we do have a very tough curriculum and no, nobody like, nobody thinks we do, but we do. And um, just, you know, have some confidence. You're going to excel in that too. So,
1: yeah. Thank you for bringing up GPA because I forget about that but like do well in school guys, but you, life is so much more than a GPA and you need to study and you need to do well and you need to care about your work, but you're, you're so much more than a number and being a sports RD, like no one's like, what was your GPA? Cause no one cares. You know, it's, it's so much more. So, I mean, I took 18 credits my senior fall, Nancy. And like, I can't even imagine how you're even on this call right now. Cause you probably have like 30 other things to do. But, like, it, undergrad is so stressful. Like, so, so stressful. I think it's the most stressed I've ever been in my life. So, it gets better.
2: It gets better after organic industry.
0: Does it, though? I'm in microbiology right now. And, whoo. Oh. Aced my first quiz today, though. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: do well, but, like, take care of yourself. I don't remember in 2015 if anyone was talking about, like, mental health or, like, take a bath. Like no one talked about like, you know what I mean? It was just like, go, go, go. But like, take care of yourself because the 3.6 versus 3.5, I mean, I would hope a dietetic internship director is going to see all the other things you do and not worry about that one point off or whatever. So that's a whole other
2: episode. Okay, Alex. <laughs> um, take better notes, organize said notes and use Zotero for organizing your research. I've learned all this information in all my many years of college, and I swear I've forgotten most of
1: it. All right, good to know. Well, thank you all so much for your time today. This was so helpful, and I really appreciate you guys all being on and just being open and honest and sharing everything you have to offer. So thank you all so much for your time today. Thanks, Liz. It was so fun. Thanks, Liz. Hi guys. Have a great night. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at sportsRD snippets to see what sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluca, and thanks so much for listening.